0: Thanks for listening to this podcast of bet MGM tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from seven to 11 PM. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com as well as the Odyssey app.
1: I am so jacked for college football season. We're going to talk some college football. We just wrapped up our NFL preview for the Kansas city chiefs. You could catch that wherever you get your podcast. When you do so subscribe, leave us a five-star rating as well. Now we talk with Andrew Dowdy. You could find him on Twitter, DowdyBetMGM. NFL, college football, college hoops—he covers it all for BetMGM. You could also check out his podca- podcast, his pi- podcast High Motor by BetMGM. It's Monday, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing?
2: Doing very well. I'm like you know, I'm turning up for college football. I was just going through some uh, numbers earlier today. I was curious, like going back to last year, what's the difference in scheduled games? I couldn't remember, like, you know, ballpark, how many games were canceled, how yeah. many games were postponed. Because in a normal year, you have, you know, 830, 840. This year, we had 839. Yeah. So, I went back to last year trying to figure out how many games were played. 532 last year. So, I mean, we have 300 and... What is that? 310 more games this college football season to start up. Sheesh.
1: Man, and I, and I can't wait. Last year, I mean, it was nice to have something. And there were some really cool moments. Like, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so we finally beat Clemson. That was fun, even though Trevor Lawrence didn't play in the game. I thought the Coastal Carolina-BYU game was absolutely fantastic, especially a game that we didn't even think that we were going to get. Um, but, man, I'm ready for, like, a real
0: normal season. Yeah, like, as, year, as normal as possible. Honestly, last year sucked. Like, I'm, I'm You're not Okay, lie. you could like, just say like, it. Like, it was a few games here and there. Yeah. But last year stunk. Um... While we got you here, Andrew, can you just give us a rundown of what the heck is going on in the Big 12? We know about the movements. Texas and Oklahoma said, peace, deuce out, we're gone, deal with it. But can you kind of give us a full uh, kind of recap on what's going on and how that affects um, every aspect of our college football fandom as well as sports gambling? You
2: know, it's pretty simple for me. as. I mean, like everybody else, I was shocked at the speed at which this is moving and yeah. that they were able to keep something like that quiet. I think after the revelations that they all these guys are working on a playoff expansion for so long, maybe we shouldn't have been as surprised. But I mean then against the SEC, I mean they can say we're bigger now literally in conference membership. They are bigger. They're bigger financially. They have bigger NIL opportunities, bigger recruiting footprint for elite talent and all that, I mean, on the field, too. Frankly, I've never understood why there's really even a debate, debate about conference strength every single year. If you want to argue which conference has a better middle or a higher floor, I don't, I don't really think that matters in college football. I think amidst all that debate, I think it's just kind of forgotten whether you're you know, a fan of Pac-12 teams or Big 12 or ACC, it's just kind of forgotten the fact remains that SEC is just the king. I mean, when the Big Ten mm-hmm. went and added Nebraska, Rutgers, and Maryland, the SEC countered with three behemoths, and Missouri, I mean, the SEC can just do whatever they want, even though we look at the Big 12 and you still leave behind some name that name-round programs like Kansas basketball. Iowa State football is a legitimate playoff contender this year. The SEC can still just do whatever they want, and they look at the Big 12 like kind of an irrelevant little brother, and they can almost like a minor league. They can grab a team when they want to, even though it's Texas and Oklahoma. And, again, the speed at which it's moving is incredible. But yeah. we just – we don't understand that the SEC can just go out and grab these two giant assets from the Big 12, and it really shouldn't be that surprising. It's something that no other conference can do. The SEC now has basically 15 schools capable of building top-ten programs. And when I say that, I don't mean that all the non bangy schools have top-ten programs. I mean, they have the ability to get there, but the Big 12 can't do that. It's not even close, And even though the Big 12 is gotten more stability, more healthy over the year with all these financial agreements and whatnot. No other conference can do that. and Now, all of a sudden, the SEC has a remarkable amount of power with the brands in that conference, with playoff expansion coming. It's just staggering. These reward media deals are going to be through the roof. The NIL, potentially, I mentioned that for their athletes, are going to be through the roof. and I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Big 12. Uh, Being a Kansas alum, I have some contacts there, and I've been told that they knew that, this was coming, not necessarily that like Texas and Oklahoma were leaving, but they hired their new AP. A few months ago, you know, the primary clip from Kevin Durrell from the field the Northwestern was that conference realignment is coming. The Big 12 is in a very vulnerable position. They have these TV agreements, these media rights agreements to prevent schools from leaving. And while that's good on the surface, the SEC doesn't have to do that. They don't have to have these penalties for programs leaving, whereas the Big 12 does. right. And even though in the Big 12's case, yeah, that's great if they get $70 million from Texas, but the fact that you have to have those, and almost it's like a fence around your conference by saying you can't leave because we're vulnerable if you leave. I think that's the the Big 12 part of it. I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen, so I think it's, it's very tough to speculate but I do think that the mass hysteria that's going on in college football probably can't be understated right now.
1: So, Andrew, if you're a betting man like we are here, I'm MGM tonight. Of course obviously. he's a betting man. Right. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Because do you see them leaving June 2025 waiting that long? Or do you see them paying the 75 million to $80 million penalty in joining the SEC by 2022?
2: I think that Oklahoma and Texas are going to be suddenly very interested in Kansas leaving for the Big Ten or West Virginia leaving for the ACC. I think they're going to be suddenly lobbying for things like that to happen because even though they don't care what conference Kansas is in, they want Kansas to bail them out. They want West Virginia to bail. They want Oklahoma State Talks with the Big Ten to go well because if that stuff starts happening, the members are going to vote to dissolve the conference. Then essentially they don't have to pay and they can leave whatever they want. So I think you're going to see Joe Castiglione at uh, Oklahoma, and Crystal contact Texas, and suddenly very interested in Kansas Athletics and in West Virginia and pumping up Iowa State football to people in the Big Ten, the state and power groupers there. So I would be pretty shocked if either of those things happen. I don't think that they're gonna end up paying whatever is seventy million dollars to get out. I don't think they're gonna be that until twenty twenty five. I think that the power that Texas and Oklahoma have, we're going to see that in effect by them kind of pushing, not necessarily saying that they can tell the Big Ten to accept Kansas, but they have power, they have money to kind of move some pieces behind the scenes that might make that happen and save themselves $70
1: billion. Do you think this is going to add some more pressure on Notre Dame to join a conference?
2: No, not at all. No, Notre Dame is in a very unique position. We saw that last year. They can go join a conference for one year and have this sweetheart deal even though they serve some of their revenue, but Notre Dame is just a different beast in themselves and I don't think it really has any impact on that at all.
0: We're joined now by Andrew Dowdy of the High Motor Pod by BetMGM, excuse me, one of our BetMGM brothers here. Ryan Horvath, not Mayo on BetMGM tonight. Let's take a little uh, bit of a transition now to my partner's favorite topic, the Green Bay Packers and Rodgers, he's back. I'm sick because I'm like, if you're going to sit out that long, make it worth somebody's while. Don't come back and then everything's all kumbaya for you to play one more year. But with that being the case, how do you think that impacts um, – just the betting market for the Packers. I, I took the Packers to cover Week One against the Saints because I didn't care if my mom was playing quarterback for Green Bay. I don't believe in New Orleans to beat the Packers in Week One, but kind of the, just the outlook of uh, Aaron Rodgers making that decision to come back and and also just how good can that team be?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, my family grew up in Wisconsin, so I, I have a lot of emotional
1: in The last. There you go. This, this <laughs> there you season. go. And, uh,
2: well, first of all, I was with you. I mean. Chase and I talked about on the show that that number, I think, is three points. I'm not sure. I haven't looked today to see if that moved. But that number, three points in New Orleans, uh, it was honestly laughably low to the point of Chase always used the word fishy. I mean, is it so low that we want to know what's going on behind the scenes? Does somebody knows something that we don't know? Even if Jordan was starting that game, I'm still taking the Packers uh, at three. The, the weird thing here, especially with that MGM, is that they've had so many numbers down for the Packers. I'm just talking to Jason Scott, the VP of trading. I want to do kind of like an inside look and how the trading team is handling this. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we can do it. But it's going to be boring as hell because we haven't had that many numbers up. Like we, they took the Super Bowl numbers down right away and everything else the Packers. They ended up putting that number back up. They ended up putting up the week one numbers. Uh, but the division odds haven't been there. The win totals haven't been there. So I think that there's like a weird perception thing surrounding the Packers right now where, we don't know if we're going to get a pissed-off Rodgers come in and showing that you guys need me to win the Super Bowl, and he's going to play lights out again. Or are we going to get a fractured locker room? We don't really know how all that's going to shake out. I think the one thing working for the Packers is that Rodgers' best friends on the, teams are, on the team are the really good players. He's best <laughs> friends with David Bocciari, his best Smart friends man. with Devonta Adams, and they both said they fully support him. So yeah. I, you might have some lower-level guys that are making 700 grand that are a little bit pissed off, but frankly, those guys don't matter. I think the guys that did support Rodgers do matter. I don't know. I'm curious if the total gets put up what what the number is at, but I think if you're betting this number, whether you're betting Super Bowl odds or odds or whatever, I think you kind of have to take the on-field piece of it away and just take a look at the market and see how the market is reacting to the perception of the Packers based on what they think, whether they're right or wrong. I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what the relationships are like in that franchise, but you have to look at how the public is betting this, and you'll be able to tell by whether this number moves up or down in a certain area, whether the big moves up or down. You'll be able to see how the public is reacting. And I think that's kind of when you can maybe make your approach and make the play on this.
1: Andrew, uh, one more question, going back really quick to the SEC. You know, if Oklahoma and Texas do join the SEC, how is that going to affect the expansion of the college football playoff? Like you're looking at that and I think there's a possibility if they go to a twelve team field, you could get like seven or eight SEC teams in there. Right,
2: but like I said, I mean we kind of somebody tweeted this, I not remember if it was Dennis Dodd or Brett McMurphy, but going back to the power piece of it, it now makes sense that the SEC was pushing so hard for class expansion. We knew that they wanted it all these years because even before this, if there is an expanded playoff before being Texas and Oklahoma, they still have a really good chance to get four or five teams in the 18th field or you know, six, seven, or eight teams in the 12-team field. Now it makes just a lot of sense why they are pushing for this, and SEC is not stupid. They know that if there are eight teams in a playoff or 12 teams in a the playoff, they have a much better chance of getting six or seven teams in a 12-team playoff than any other conference does. And with that comes money, with that comes power, with that comes – more resources, more NIL money for uh, student athletes, bigger recruiting footprint, for, for, et cetera. So the SEC understands that that's a huge component of this. And if every single year they're putting four or five teams in 18 playoffs and the Pac 12 has one or two, the Big 12 has one, the Big 10 has one or two, I mean, the gap, we talk about like the arms race in college football, how these big time programs are just keep separating and separating and separating themselves and leaving everybody else in the dust just like the college football playoff money, if they're being three times as many teams in every single year, the financial component of this is going to leave some of these other conferences in the dust. You're you're still going to have Notre Dame there. You're still going to have Ohio State there. Maybe Oregon pops up, and Clemson's going to be there. So that's not going to change. But the gap from those second-tier teams, like what's going to happen to Michigan State
0: or Mm -hmm. Wisconsin
2: or USC or a TCU Baylor, that's kind of – the piece that I'm concerned about, but the SEC doesn't care about Wisconsin. SEC doesn't yeah. <laughs> care about UCLA or USC, et cetera.
1: Absolutely. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us, man. We're going to have to have you on during the season. Can't wait to talk about some actual games. We're going to have fans in attendance. Hopefully the COVID cases uh, stay down and we get what looks like a real college football season this year. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. You guys have a good night. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. That's Andrew Dowdy. You can find him. High Motor by BetMGM. That's the podcast, Talking College Football. Does a little bit of everything. Good stuff there from Andrew. And how about that? Another Aaron Rodgers guy,
0: Q. Yeah. Go. Pack. Go. You guys suck. Go.
1: Pack. Go. (laughs) You're everywhere. You're like these fruit flies down here. We just
0: can't get rid of you.